So, do you guys have young adults or do you have um, adult lessons? That's the, the, yes. the key word, adult lessons. I, it made me laugh. Adult lessons. Um, look at me writing adult lessons. <laughs> it's the meds. Well, I have kids from age 10 all the way to 25. So, I have the whole gamut. Dude, you got the range. <laughs> My range fits fully within hers. <laughs> Mine go from 14 to 21. 14 to 21? So um, I have this whole thing prepared, but I said to my wife... In fact, we've been kind of walking, walking along with Eric. Our kids are kind of basically the same age. And I said to my wife, if it's a small group like this, um, let's just start talking concerns. And we don't have all the answers, but we can, you know, what's on your heart? One of the concerns is screens. I think Jonathan's going to touch on that. but On the technology part? Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, as a teacher, I can tell you my eight and nine-year-olds are exposed to things. And you guys, the parent of home has to be. And this is our, our with, with our parents all the time, but, you know. You have to be on top of it. You have to know all the, all the technological, the apps and the things. So we're homeschoolers and we have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. Just mostly the, the time monopoly. The um, controlling what they see and, and what they experience. I realize we're not going to really catch all of that. So we have to be there to, uh, to moderate it. Mm -hmm. And they can't unsee anything no so so we just have to explain that but the the biggest problem is the time that they spend on that screen that they're either not spending with the lord not spending with the family not spending on their studies not spending at work just learning killing time <laughs> and then you, you call a family conference and it's like pulling teeth, get these kids off of these screens, and then they walk in there and they get their earbuds in, and they're listening to music while you're talking to them, and, and mom's getting antsy because the kids aren't participating in the family, and she's out. I'm a passive dad. I just, I don't, I just kind of go through life, and yeah, whatever. And um, and I have to work on that. That's my problem. My wife has taken it on as her problem. So she calls the family meeting through me because it's my responsibility to do it. And it never occurs to me to get everybody together and say, hey, here are the, here are the things. And <clears throat> it's just never been in my nature. So I appreciate her help in, uh, you know, figuring out what the father role is and telling me what it is because it just doesn't occur to me. Mm-hmm. So I call a family meeting and all these kids are strapped up with all these wires and uh, every once in a while glancing at their little screen and like put that down. So I'm trying to hold this family conference. I look over there and mom's on Facebook during the conference. I'm an IT professional. I know how these things work. Mm. I've been working on screens so they time. were ion guns shooting in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't remember a glass screen with the 60,000 volt thing that you better be careful not to touch. I remember that. So I've been around screens for a long time. Even seen my share of black and white ones. Mm -hmm. But now they're just everywhere. They're in your pocket. They're in your face. They're in your car. Whose brilliant idea was that? To put yeah. a screen on the dashboard yeah. of a car. Somebody young. The one who wants to divide the families and the one who wants us not to have time with God. But we have a problem with our consistency in, in, in teaching them because, uh, you know, they walk through the living room and I'm sitting there with my phone in my hand just browsing through because I, I like... Uh, I like going through the Bible chronologically and just seeing a pattern develop through the Bible. You don't see that in the canon mm -hmm. orientation that um, 
and the King James slap together. But if you take it chronologically, you, you really see God's pattern through the nation of Israel. And and that's what I'm doing most of the time is sitting there just reading through or listening to a, an audio Bible. So you said four, four, with, four kids, right? Three. Three. But what the kids see is dad's on the screen too. So I have to be careful to set an example of, uh, uh, one, if I'm going to do it, tell them what I'm doing rather than just, you know, I'm on the screen mm-hmm. too. And that's all they see. Um, what, what about your family? Are you going through the technology thing too? Yeah, we have a lot of that too. I <laughs> guess, um, I mean, definitely more with some than others. <laughs> um, as far as, you know, when our family gets together to talk, it's, you know, we pretty much have that handled. I mean, everyone knows, you know, if I'm talking to them, if they're being talked to, earbuds come out. You know, it's, and, um, you know, the phones go down. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of time, you know, when it's not, um, you know, we don't have much control over, you know, at night mm-hmm. after they go to bed and, you know, they're off in their rooms. We homeschool too. And um, that's one thing that, you know, I've thought about because as they get older, I let them do their work in their room. Like, but I don't know what they're doing because they have their phones with them because they use the calculator and they use their Bible app and their dictionary and all that. And um, so that's something I'm, you know, thinking about pulling back and go, okay, no, you need to work in here now. Just so mm-hmm. at least one of the things we did that. with the technology was um, it has to be in a public place. Can't mm-hmm. be in the bed. The bedrooms is for sleeping, reading your Bible maybe, but no technology in the bedrooms. We took the phones. That's what um, I was going to say. I have it was, some friends. It was a big, said, it was a row, yeah. but we stuck Before to, you go to bed, it, we stuck to our in. guns. And, um, and, you know, we, we brought down the, the hammer. I mean, if I wake up and I see, and I did catch some glows at night under the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never mm-hmm. told them that one. <laughs> and go, confiscate it. Okay. And yeah, and um, you won't have it for whatever it is, 24 hours. My generation was, oh, two weeks grounded. And we figured out you can't do that now. We have to go by steps. Mm-hmm. And each child was different. So with the oldest, right. you could do two days, three days. With the youngest, it was like. Half a day, and then work on it. Well, <laughs> grounding is harder now, too. Because of personalities. But the point was, the bedroom is is electronic-free. No homework. Yeah, I have some friends. They uh, have a large family, and they require, I mean, all the kids, before they go to bed, they turn their phones into them, and it's in the parents' bedroom until the next morning. And phones cannot have codes. Yes. No, uh, no yes, um, passwords. No, no passwords. No codes. No. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Or else you have, or I have to have them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do, do you yeah. do that? I do you have your codes and stuff? Yeah. In fact, I'm building a, I'm converting our coat closet into a communication center. Okay. One, because we had a problem with Wi-Fi throughout the house, so it's going to be in there. Okay. Server going to be in there. The router is going to be in there. I turn off the router at night. We have no internet at night. Good. Yes, I like it. So there's a. I bet they get upset during about certain that. times of the day. It just goes internet dark, but that doesn't control cell phones, and the carriers won't allow. They don't have parent features to be able to go in there and. Well, if they're homeschool, turn off data okay, I'll say it this way: mm-hmm. if they're homeschool, why do they need a phone at home? Well, the See, interesting my, my, thing teacher, about my, my, some of my students have phones because school can be yeah. dangerous, and oh yeah, you know they walk to school. And the biggest misconception yeah. about homeschooling is that it happens at home. Okay. Am I right? I mean, homeschooling doesn't just, just happen, happen at home. home. Public schooling just happens at the public school mm-hmm. on the rare occasion you have a, a field trip. Sure, with homeschooling. Most of the time you're on a field trip. On the rare occasion you stay home. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a, it, it's very dynamic. Uh, 
and sometimes unplanned. Uh, one time we just took off on a on a trip to Houston to do something. I can't even remember what it was, but on the way back, we just said, well, oh, let's stop by the President Bush Library on the way home. They had, at the time... But, but see there, I can see, I, I can see the phone there. But. And that counts toward their... All of these things count toward their education. Sure. And um, the, the point is that with... Uh, the homeschool kids, they like what she was talking about in there. You're gonna, your kids are gonna take off with another family, and somebody else's kids are gonna come with you, and that happens with us all the time. We might leave my son with, with this family, and my one of my daughter's friends will be coming with us, and we have sleepovers, and we have all kinds of exchange going on, and it's all this homeschool community that uh, most of them go to church here. Mm-hmm. But we're still yeah, taking Margaret's words to heart that absolutely. times have changed. And... But I, I think we do rely on our phones too much. You know, like you said, do you, you know, I don't have to have my phone on me all the time. Yeah, I don't now even, my, my kids have, have found phone. out, why do I call mom's cell phone? Because she never answers it. I need to call the home <laughs> phone. You know, because I don't keep it on me. But we allow, mm-hmm. I think, you know, even as adults, and we we do make excuses for that. You know, like you said, because I've thought school time, why do they need their phones? They don't need to be texting, calling. We can put them all on the cabinet. Well, when you their, go out. Some of their textbooks are on there. We'll see. <laughs> we don't have their textbooks on their phone. My, 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 <laughs> we don't my, even have a home phone so anymore. My, 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 my advice on that now is for the next breakout, go to Jonathan's because he's mm-hmm. the yeah. he's the go-to. There are all sorts, and you know, there's all sorts of apps and stuff for tracking, mm-hmm. tracking them, tracking their calls, tracking. And and uh, we don't, we tell people this is war. Mm-hmm. This is war. The world and the enemy wants to destroy your family. And we're the first line of defense. And um, when they were taking a shower, I was checking their phones. Mm-hmm. When they're throwing out the garbage, I'm saying, what was this text about? And and usually it was okay. And sometimes we caught things like whoa. And then we had we had already discussed the plan. So if I see something like, and I never did, but I'm going to exaggerate. I'm going to bring the drugs tonight. You know, mm. instead of having to fit and let them know that we know how to check their stuff, the plan was okay. How are we going to handle this? Right. Um, they'd go off to school and we check their room and flip the mattresses mm-hmm. and everything, not maliciously expecting to find. But if I'm going to find something, I want it to be us, not the police saying or the neighbors saying, we found this or your son, you know, because this is war. And as a teacher's technology is the biggie in school. You got an eight year old that has seen stuff that I didn't see till high school or college. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't know how to process it. Mm -hmm. And he thinks it's funny. And sometimes it's violent things with the sex. Mm-hmm. And we have to deal with that as teachers. We don't get paid enough for that. <laughs> and the games that they're playing. And, they're and what, I don't want to scare you, but your kids are exposed to the same thing. We yeah, were on, it doesn't matter whether it's in a homeschool community The district or not. did this YouTube thing where we have the power to veto YouTube stuff. I mean, we can control a lot. It's, a, it's, a, it's this agreement thing. And we're looking at the life the process of the bu- the cycle of the butterfly and this and that. And over here in YouTube, and suddenly like there's this girl with bulimia and she's half naked. I'm like, why is that even? There? So I had to train my little ones. What's the teacher's YouTube rule? If you see anything nasty, you immediately cover your eyes. And this is a safe version. It's like teacher tube. And they still filter things and, you know, the guys, whoever these sickos are. So you guys are up against the same. I would talk yeah. to Jonathan and say, what's out there? Because he's 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 really, I know. I'm well, bad. I didn't mean to turn this into Jonathan's Oh, no, no, breakout. no. It's still your concern. The only reason but, I brought it up is because I have an 18-year-old. He just turned 18. He's graduating next month. And the only interest he has in life is on that computer screen. Yeah. And I get that. I could. The boy, right? Yeah. A male. 
and that needs to sit and my within. life kind of revolves around screen and, and because that, that's what I do as a profession, and, and I that, get away from the screen as and much that as I can. We'll sit with him, now. brother, and show him things and say, "This is what Dad and I we don't believe in." You need to show him. You need to see it because he knows where to find it. He's bumped into it. Well, that's and but that's they, I'm, I'm not quite as worried about that because. I can walk. I'm not. I'm not the judgmental type, Dad. I don't walk up and if I see something wrong, slap him on the back no, of the head and no, tell him no, you're grounded no. for three weeks. I'll sit there right alongside him and just watch him play his game. No, but doesn't bother him. Not just the game. I'm. I'm talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. And say it's like when when um my oldest. But how do I guide when him my oldest off his, of the video games onto something productive? Mm. That's what I'm struggling. Well, see, brother, you're giving him tools to defend himself because you're not going to be there. You're giving him the tools. You're teaching him. You're discipling him and teaching him this is what your father does when he comes up against this because it's a real temptation. And you teach him. Men are visual. When we see things, it, that's why it's all against. We're visual. Mm -hmm. And you're a male. And you're going to see and hear. Well, in, in our experience, there was um, a lot of times that we... We were concerned and we were thinking, what is, we have three kids and three very different personalities. Mm -hmm. So we have the gifted and talented, but then we have the special ed one. And um, I'm glad that the special ed one was very verbal. He was all the time telling us what, what is what was happening in his head and what was happening at school. Um, I wish we could homeschool, but it couldn't be in our budget. Um, but there were things happening at school. He was bullied and he was being called names. But he will say, um, I, I can do this or I don't like this. Um, for the girl, it was when, when there was times that we were like, okay, she's not interested in anything. She's going to depression. What is going on? Why is she not, um, having any goals, stuff like that? Um, we pray. And in my family, there's, um, thyroid problems and there's, um, diabetes problem and and i know that god god put things in in your mind in your heart and you go for that so i took her to the doctor and i said can you check on her because because i think there's something biological health issue and and she came out hypoglycemic so by having a diet then it was like she perked up um with the special ed one, it was the same thing. He was, it was like, he wanted to be invisible. He can just sit there and do nothing. And then we have to pray again. And we took him to a psychologist. The psychologist said that because of the change of, um, we, we came from Puerto Rico and he was going through depression and then he was anemic too we didn't know he was anemic and um so then he referred us to another's to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist was the one who found out that he had a learning disability so that learning disability triggered the depression and the depression triggered that he didn't want to eat mm. and all that stuff um Enemy was treated, his depression was treated, his um, ADD was treated, and, and he will overcome that. All these examples that I'm telling you is that um, you're asking us a question that you can ask God for his creativity. I'm a second language learner, I'm still <laughs> learning. Because... Um, when we were raising our kids and having problems like that, that we were like, okay, this is my work. I'm in front of a screen all this time, but they're paying me. 
to do this <laughs> and I provide for all my family. This is my job, but why is he doing it? So just ask God. Ask God to give you this creativity, to give you this imagination, to, to see um, maybe he's overstimulating by the screen, by the because we found out with um, our son the ADD was triggered by the computer, and he was not sleeping. We didn't know that, but because he was verbal, he will say, um, "I cannot go to sleep." We, we talked to the doctor, and the doctor said, "It's it's all the sounds, all the effects." When Colors, he, the sound. When uh, he goes to school, there's a teacher. Blah blah blah, blah 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 <laughs> blah, and he he likes to see the backgrounds. When when we were watching TV, he will talk about the backgrounds because it's the things that in the cartoons is moving. <laughs> and I was like, okay, how about the dialogue? How about the story? You're focusing on the on the thing that is moving, stuff like that. That the Lord will give you the wisdom and think, okay, this is what is going on. He knows your son. He created your son. And he will give you the tools if you ask him and say, I don't like this. Let's, let's just look for, for a solution. We can tell you. Jonathan can tell you. But we're dealing with a person with personality, mm -hmm. character, attitude, maybe his own goals. And um, it's it's God. God knows him. Pray for him every night. We used to go to. Oh yeah, we had. To. We, he's an autistic. We, not he's not like the. Um, we went not severe. Right, he's functional autistic, functional. but he's got. Wilma works with autistics. He's got those uh, autistic tendencies, tendencies, and and his mom is very. Uh, She's from a very strict family, mm -hmm. and so her biggest thing is when, when he she needs to get his attention, she grabs his face, and looks straight in his eyes and says, "Look me in the eyes while I'm talking to you. Look at my eyes and hear what I'm telling you." And she'll go on and on and on about something. Well, you don't take an autistic kid and say, "Look at my eyes," mm. and then expect them to listen to you, because yeah. when you're done. They can describe every vein and every little detail about your eyes and have no idea what you said because they're looking at your eyes. What, what, um, Patsy, what's her name? Arnold. Do you know the Arnolds? Yeah. Because um, uh, she, she's a pro. I mean, I respect her so much about how to handle. You know, her son is, is severe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our son will say, when, when you tell me that, I'm just thinking, I have to look at her. I have to look at her. I have to look at her. I cannot. Yeah. I cannot. I, I have to look at her. And then you stop talking. And I didn't listen to anything you said because I was just thinking, I have to look at you. I have to look mm -hmm. at you. I have to look at you. So mm -hmm. then I stopped doing that. But it, it helped me a lot that he he will express what was going on into his head so we can understand him. Um, but we're here to talk about launching. Launching. Well, that's what we're trying to do. <laughs> not ready to, he's not ready to launch yet. What's the 18-year-old plan? That's that's what we're talking, but I'm I'm trying to launch him and, and I get him involved in stuff and anytime you he doesn't have a plan is what you're saying. He does. He doesn't seem motivated. Well, by his plan anything. is to be a professional gamer. <laughs> oh, oh, don't our oldest uh, ones want want to be a professional uh, comedian. That was funny. Well, at least there are places locally where you could go in. Comedian. A comedian. Okay. Did you catch that? Stand that was up. funny. I can yeah. point at five places um, where he could go in comedian. But I can't think of any place you can go and make money at playing a video. Well, um, the truth is, if, if, if he's struggling with that, um, he's probably going to be around for a while. That's the problem. But there's, there's professions... There's, um, he wants to be a professional ga gamer, but there's a profession that is uh, testing the games. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there are different jobs related to that. Um, 
he can do the if he's artist art. Well, I don't know. Is artistic. it autistic or artist? He's well, both. They, they're usually both. They're usually both. He can he can find a job doing the graphics. But the yes, issue the would graphics. be graphics. We have one. He we have really? one of our. Keep putting him in classes. He hates these things. He just wants to play the game. But you, you see, he's you know, eighteen. He, he's party. eighteen, going on sixteen. So yeah. uh, I'm seeing it now. He's going to take a, a little while, and, and you guys are going to have to. And he's got some skills. We... It was like like our three. Um, the oldest was ready to leave at eighteen. The yeah. youngest is uh, left four years later because. Um, yeah, my oldest is in the army. Oh, okay. He just, he launched himself. Yeah, but but that's normal. They're each going to be at a different, and um, and I can see this child, he, if, if he can get down what he's going to study, if that's part of his, if he can understand he should study to reach his goal of being a professional, then that can help because... Well, we're, we're that brings the maturity of the studying and the, and the learning a trade. And well, that that's the other problem is our society is geared around uh, immediate gratification, and you can you can be whatever you want to be. Mm -hmm. We never, in fact, for the past couple of generations, we've been telling our kids you can be whatever you want to be without telling them that it's going to take some work. So now we've got people camping out on Wall Street saying, hey, I got this degree and nobody's willing to give me $120,000 a year. Yeah. Well, no, you didn't work. Well, and I'm sorry, a degree is not work. Okay, so you had to study some stuff. You had to learn some stuff. That is not Work. That's not an occupation. That's not a uh, a life skill. I'm, I'm talking about college is not a life skill. Learning is a life skill, mm -hmm. and you can do that without college. Mm -hmm. And I've and I've taught my kids that. So if they want to go to college, they can go to college. If they don't, they don't have to. And uh, I've got two that are interested. One that's just totally. You know what? I could care less. And he he's advised, the one that could care less is when he was in high school, was advising college students. With, uh, he's a huge worldview buff. He knows history and philosophy and all that stuff. Um, um, I want to read this quote um, I found I really liked. Um, this pastor is calling it adult lessons. The term that best describes the postponement of adulthood into the 30s. Um, this phase is characterized by identity, identity exploration, instability, focus on self, feeling in limbo, a sense of limitless possibilities. I'm going to do so much in the world. We've heard that. Mm -hmm. um, these characteristics are accompanied by transience. The kid comes and goes and comes and goes and comes and goes. Uh, confusion, anxiety, obsession with self, melodrama, conflict, and disappointment. His things didn't turn out. He didn't have that Mercedes-Benz when he was 28 like he thought he would. Whereas the older generation, we were trained and taught, you hit a certain age, you're on your own. Mm -hmm. You go off. And we wanted that. I remember I wanted to finish college because I want to go work. And do things and start a family. And our kids, we had to, it, it was very an eye-opener because we saw this in them. We're like, why don't you want to do this? Don't you want to save money for a car and be on your own, be independent? Yeah, but I, I need to do this. And I'm you know, and it was like, this is very Well, they don't even want to drive. Dude, this is very immature. Are you kids but, interested um, in driving? All of them their... except for one. I have nine kids. I don't get it. Mine are just like, I don't care if I ever drive. <laughs> and is it a blended family nine? No. no. You, didn't, you never watched TV, did you? <laughs> <laughs> we did not have TV for a long time. <laughs> well, I have three and I got that TV thing for a while. Yeah. Um, what our experience was, and, and this is like a United States thing. The independent age when you can claim 
your child as a dependent in the income tax was raised to 24 years. Mm -hmm. And you can still claim him and he can still be your dependent even in your health insurance because they know that that launching has been gone because they're not postponed because they're not ready. They're coming back. I, mm-hmm. when I was um, teaching Spanish to teachers, they were still asking me why Hispanic keep the kids up to when they're 26 or 28, they're still living at home. And I said, well, I don't know about you, but most of the time they're paying for the home because all the family can come together and, and, and a port to that, to that house. So it's, it's for Hispanic parents. It's good that the kids are there because they're giving them money. They're paying rent. Yes. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, um, when they leave, (coughs) they leave because they have their savings, they have the car, they have their, their goals and they, don't come back. When they come back, it's to visit or to bring you food or to take care of you. And um, in that group, there were three teachers that their kids were 23, 24, and they came back home with grandchildren. They were girls, divorced by 24. And I said, they're not ready. If they're not ready, they're not ready. But if they're in your house, it's good to have some rules. The rules in our house is like, you you don't need to leave, but if you're going to stay here, you have to study full-time. If you study full-time, you don't have to apport to the house. But if you're studying half-time, or if you don't want to go to study, you have to work and you have to apport. And they have chores, they have responsibilities, and they have to buy their own stuff. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. let me jump in here. Contracts. One of we the big contracts. things was, oh, you treat me like a kid, but I'm an adult. Okay. Well, we're going to treat you like an adult. And I got help. And I'm not even going to share this with you because you can, on your phone or back in your home and your computer, all you write is, Contracts for adult children, children living still at home, or contract for teens. Yeah, uh, the fact, government we has a, them. We did a we did a contract. We had a driving contract. Stuff. You want to use my car? Sign the contract. Very practical. This, this, this. You're gonna keep it clean. You go through it and you modify you it. Pay the deductible if you had an accident. You have it. And including because we're we're working out of love. If you ever find yourself in a position that you cannot drive safely because you're under the influence of something, Mm -hmm. you will call and we'll pick you up or send a taxi. (laughs) And if you try to drive like that, it's game over. We take away the car. But there'll be consequences, but it'll be less than, because I don't want to hear the doctor call me and say he's in the ER or the police say he's in jail. Mm -hmm. And it never happened. Um. Who can get in a car? And it, they're so practical. And the life skill we're teaching is in the real world, you have contracts for your phone, for this, for everything. Um, living at home contract. I recommend find one you like, download it, modify it, make them sign. Family meeting. You do it serious. If you got to bring a lawyer buddy or a, a brother-in-law or someone to, to make it a more adult and official, do it. I'm serious. Go have it notarized. You're just teaching them this is how real adults work. It's not personal. Daddy's not gotten in your case. This is how adult men and adult people work. And the little ones can learn the contract, obviously, at their level. You're going to brush your teeth. Um, so I cannot stress enough the contracts we had for going out, for living at home, for school, when they started college. Mm-hmm. And if, I'm not going to get into the whole, but basically it was like, we will pay 100% of your A's. We pay 75 of B's. We pay 50% of C's. They didn't have grants. We paid and, for the college. And anything below that, you owe us the money. You pay back. 
you pay us back. And a couple of them had to pay back sometimes. Yeah, or and they learn, and and hopefully we we were teaching them this is the real world and it's fair. Okay, and um, we didn't get into the details of you have to study half an hour because some of these contracts are like, oh my lord, you know, you're a young adult, you're learning to be an adult. <laughs> this is the bottom line. And then you keep that contract and you honor it. Now, mom and and dad here, you have to honor the contract. When she comes crying and say, well, because the teacher hated me. Drama. Remember the drama and the thing? And she was really mean. And and the other teacher was nice. And that's why I have a C. I don't want to pay 50. That's why the contract doesn't say anything about that. I'm so sorry. Give me a hug. Pay me the money. (laughs) This is all you get. Half. You know? Well, I don't know. Sell your phone. We did payment payment allocations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The contracts for living at home, for driving, contract for technology. You're a smart man and you know how to handle this. Look up the contract. Make it. And and it frees you too, brother, because you don't have to argue. Right. You, you know, with a con- that's the beauty of a contract. You're like, oh, I don't know about that, but I know about this. They agree with Okay, and one of the contract rules for living at home is during family meetings, there's no electronics. And mom has a sign, too. Don't be snippy with her. Just, just be very sweet mom, and nice. Mom and dad. But Everybody yeah, in the yeah, family. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. pointing anybody out. Yeah, and, and you might have to have an objective third party, that uncle or that grandparent or that neighbor, who, you, who know who it is, or a pastor or someone that you trust. That would, be, would negotiate that and say, okay, family, this is your contract. And this that is, that's, uh, takes the personal thing no. off of it. Um, I don't feel guilty because we set expectations. These are the expectations. Do you agree with them? I agree with them. So it's not personal. This is, and this is what they do at work. At work, when every meeting starts, we put out the expectations for the meeting. Start and finish on time. Be attentive. Participate. Give ideas. Be respectful. Be respectful. Don't take it personal. Da, da, da. No, no electronics. Even in in our workplace, yeah. not we had to do it. We, we had, had to, to actually it. write okay. that because people, be, the principal speaking, and we're like. So um, I remember the time when, when we asked our daughter, because of the contract, she had to pay for her own gas and half, <laughs> of, half of the insurance because we were using the car. She was using the car. And she, all of a sudden, the car was, has no gas. And she was like, but, but I put the money in and I have my, my budget and my budget for gas is this amount of money. And I said, well, honey, do you know that that car, it's 17, gives you 17 smiles per gallon? She was And she pissed. was like, what? <laughs> Why do you have to buy a car that is 17 <laughs> miles per gallon when their car that they're 30 <laughs> miles per gallon? Yeah. And I said, because that's what we wanted. You At want a car, you want to buy your car, you can Go buy it. <laughs> but this is our car, and this is what car spends, and our this car... This is the best part. When I get my car, I'm going to make sure it's a car that has... And I'm going to be feeling proud, because that's what I want to yeah, hear. Right. With a high mileage, with 30 miles at a gallon, <laughs> in which they did. And then another thing was, like, one time we have to sit with her and, she, and, and ask her, said, if you're not going to fulfill this then you have to move out and she was like what are you just kicking me out and we were like okay here's the contract (laughs) no this is this is what you said that you were gonna do this is what you agree you're not agreeing with this you're taking advantage of us so you're not the bad guy because you all agreed so she was like well well well, I, I'm busy doing that, and I'm and I could do this, and I'm not. I said, okay, we are busy. We cannot do this either. We cannot, do, but we make the time. So look at your priorities, your priorities, and let's walk through this. She was very upset. She didn't talk to us in two days, but then she came back, and then she, she accommodated. Agreed. Yeah, we accommodated. Mm-hmm. But you see, 
no and drama, no hard feelings. She no. thought we were kicking her out. We were like, we're not kicking you out. This is, this is what is here. And you always focus that on, this is part of life. This is how life works. When you go to the bank, when you when you borrow money, when you get married, anything, when you when you get a job, it's all based on that. And then dispassionately, we used to whisper to each other and say, treat them like students, not like your your own. Because with a student, when he does something wrong, you don't take it personal. He's like, you're not hurting my feelings because you didn't do your homework. With this, with your kids, you do. You're like, well, you're my kid. You're supposed to not cheat, you know. But when we we whisper to each other, remember, stu- like a student, and then it's like, okay, now I can now I can be an adult. Okay. Yeah, we had to learn long ago, homeschool parents, that but, you have to separate that. You have to, but the contract is liberating, and they're going to hate it, and that's okay because they're not hating you. <laughs> and then talking about the creativity. We came up with the Logan, and I know the Lord put it in our hearts. You want something? I want something. Oh, it's like a broken record. Oh, you want the car? I want the dishes clean. I want this done. Sorry. That's what and, we tried, and it and they caused were like, so much trouble because they were like, now he's in what? this negotiating, bartering thing, which I can appreciate. That's... But you're Part the adults and smarter and older and wiser. And, and you know, that's what everybody always. does in life. Brother. <laughs> older, yes. And, and, and it's okay if he smart. wins a couple, you know, mm-hmm. if it's worth it. So he learns something. But um, but this, um, this we did the broken record. Um, Can I money go to movies? Because we're all going to, all the kids are going to go. Okay. But you want something. We want something. Remember yesterday when I said to do the lawn and you said you were going to do it and you didn't do it? And dad didn't have a fit and didn't ground you a fight. Remember that? Yeah, but, uh, you know, there's always a, okay, well, when you do the lawn, I'll give you the money for the movies. And walk off. And don't take it personal. And if I had to, I'd go to the bathroom and I'd bite a, a towel or something. So. Because you don't want the battleground. You got nine reasons <laughs> where the contracts are very powerful. And they protect you. And they teach them. Our oldest one left the net when he was, I think he was 23, 24. But before that, he had a fridge and a microwave in his room. He was buying his groceries. He was buying his clothes because I said. He's paying for his phone. Mm-hmm. He was paying for his phones. He was, he was doing all that what he could do. He was not paying room and board, but he was paying for half of the insurance of the car. He was paying. So by the time he left, he knew how to budget and he knew how to, how to buy groceries and how to do stuff. And had a basic cooking. And how to, uh, uh, it's not arguing. It's, it's how to bargain. Okay. Negotiate. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to do this, but not today. In two days, can we do that? Because I need to do this. And we were like, well, like in in a workplace. So it's it's it was just like that. So he left, and and he didn't have any issue. The younger one, he was nineteen. He wanted to be out of the house. He was just counting the days, and he just said, "Okay, I'm leaving." But but. If I live, can I come back? And we was like, we, we're going to have a contract if you come back. Because that's the way we've done it with your siblings. Oh, okay. So six months after that, this He's is the back. one who verbalized everything. Mm-hmm. He said, I am hungry. <laughs> so hungry. I went to bed without dinner. Lots of time, but I felt so free that it was worth it. <laughs> and we we're like, oh, okay. He was like, can I come back? <laughs> um, and he was like, yeah, you can come back. But if you were paying rent, now you have to pay rent over here. And he agreed. So he was paying rent. Now, we made it reasonable. You know, we did the number. We crunched. We didn't want to, you don't want to crush them. You don't want them to feel... You know, but he had to realize this is real life. 
you know, Dad, may I use the car? Well, okay, what's the contract saying? Yeah, you can use it, but where are you going? Okay, gasoline, leave it clean and stick to it. it it's I, We can't push that enough. The other thing we did was um, we, we literally put up the sheets with the chores. We made a chart and they had to check it off. But we made it together. As a family. So they felt empowered. That's a, a teacher trick. You're in charge, but I'm making my students feel like they're taking ownership. Okay, we need a chart. So it's fair. The kids like fair. My daughter said... The kids don't act fair, but they like fair. <laughs> I can clean the whole house. Restaurants and everything. Don't, don't make me do dishes. And her brother said, oh... I can do dishes all the time. I don't like to do restrooms. I don't like to take the garbage out. So that's how we made it. And then part. we had the copy in the bathroom on the window and, and, and on the on the fridge and all around the house and on where the calendars were kept and they had to check off and we'd hold them to it. And, and say, girlfriends and boyfriends were in the chart also because if you come to my house and oh. eat my food, you have to have Yeah, it. that's the rule. Sure. Visitors never have to do anything at home. But if you're coming regularly mm. and eating our food and we take you to movies with us and we feed you, um, on occasion you're, you know, might have to do a little yard work, a little this or that. That's you guys figure that out. But, oh, some of the kids were like, yeah, and some were like, ah, I'm visiting. No, you're not, dude. You've eat, eaten here three <laughs> times this week, you know. So, um, no, our visitors are all on Skype. And okay. with the charts, and then mom and dad can have their chores. So they could see that this is not you just pushing something. Like, dad has his work, and I need to do this, this amount. Dad has to do whatever other stuff you are, whatever it is that you normally do at home. And, and, and mom puts her stuff so they learn to appreciate mom. Because even in our family, I try to be fair, but mom always worked harder. It is what it is. But they had needed to see, look, mom's doing this and this and this and this. So if today I say, look, it's mom's turn to do the dishes. Do, can someone take that for her? Because, look, she just got home from school. This is this, this, and her feet hurt. And, and you know, and, and we're teaching them to go beyond just what's in black and white. And when we went Flexibility. Out, when we went out on vacation, but they didn't have jobs, our, it, we paid for vacation. But as soon as they had jobs, they were pitching. They had to pitch in. Road we trips. Went, we love we to went, do road trips. We so. went to Washington, D.C., road trip. You want to come? Everybody's invited. We can come. We can go. We can do this and this and this. It's, um, it's going to be this amount per head. And it's it's cheaper than mm -hmm. by doing by themselves. But they, they, they chipped in, and we have a wonderful time. And, and they felt, even as young adults, they felt because they paid for it. And you know that. You give them free sneakers, and they don't care. They, you make them work for it. Suddenly, it's special. Leave my sneakers alone. It's, it's human nature. But brother, if you don't start now. Oh, now it's too late. No, it's not. Year. No, never too late. As a teacher, this is the first rule of teaching. But most of this stuff we've already done. The problem is getting him interested in that transition of life from living at home, learning the books, to... Working with your hands, earning a wage, it's and not, applying it's, that It to is you. not too late. It's going to be harder, but it's not too late. I'm telling you as, as a teacher, um, this is the first thing when it's not working with that student. You stop and you go back to the beginning. And it's frustrating, but you have to. If you don't go back to the beginning, there are no shortcuts. Well, I think it's, personally, I think it's working. Although we're not seeing any fruit from that because... Well, the fruit is the last thing, bro. Some of these kids, they don't learn until they crash into the wall. Mm -hmm. Some of them can look at somebody else's experience and go, I'm not doing that. But some of them, they have to drive off the cliff before they figure out that gravity matters.
How old is your oldest, did you say? 25. Yeah. Still at home? Yep. I have, he is in the Air Force in, <coughs> in awesome. Washington, and then my 23-year-old, he's one that left and came back for a period of time, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but he's hopefully leaving again soon, but we had to do that. We had some contracts, and because okay. he got himself in, you know, way in debt, you know, arrested, <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I want to go through okay. this real fast. Um, if your child is controlling or trying to control your house, time to leave. Re behavior that's if you're struggling with behavior that's severely disrespectful, argumentative, defiant, disruptive, addictive. We were clear with them. There's no drugs or alcohol. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not talking about he he came with a beer. I'm talking about drunkenness. Mm -hmm. And anything illegal, unlawful, immoral. Now, immoral is tricky. Yeah. Because maybe for a parent, miniskirts are immoral. And look, I'm not going to kick my daughter out because she's dressing provocatively. Mm -hmm. But if she's bringing boyfriends to her room, you know, and she never did that. I'm just giving examples. Criminal or life-threatening? You, you guys do the guns. I mean, when your son says, I'm getting a bunch of guns because Armageddon's coming. I'm going to blow off those. Then, you know, it's time like, dude. You know, we're not doing anything. Oh, I just sit down with them and show them which ones work the best. <laughs> okay. These are your Armageddon guns. These are your <laughs> guns. There's a difference between helping and overworking, overfunctioning, overcompensating, over overcommitted. He's my son and I'll never <laughs> let him be hungry. Yeah, maybe he needs to be hungry. Overdependent, overbearing, overdramatic, overprotective, overcautious. Life is scary. It is what it is. God is good. Things are going to happen to our kids. We, our job is to prepare them to handle it. Um, we protect them when they're young, but when they're older, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Our son had his heart broken. When she walked in and within a minute, well, within that first visit, we knew, oh, my mm -hmm. Lord, this is, I'll make up a name. This is Mary. And we're like, oh, geez. And she did various times. Spun him into a depression, and because we know our baby, our oldest, mm -hmm. and we knew he's he's not going to come out, and he didn't come out good. Affected school, affected everything. But it was beyond the point of saying you cannot date that girl. And nah, 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 nah. Mm -hmm. he had to learn. He's married now, and he's got the complete opposite of sweetheart. Mm -hmm. You know, he's so much a sweetheart, a girly girl. Um, helping your older child means. Doing something for him that he can't do for him or herself. Like driving because they have a broken leg. That's helping. Mm -hmm. Overfunctioning means you're taking responsibility for things he can do for himself, like his laundry, cooking, cleaning up his messes after he's had his buddies over. Or um, sometimes when the kid won't launch, parents may be enabling them. Now, you're not there yet, but it's mm -hmm. stuff for you to think about. Um... Of course, Wilma always speaks to get on the home environment. I mean, that, that everyone's spoken that this morning about the respect and love and no belittling, no embarrassing, no comparing. They're all different. Mm -hmm. Okay, no condescending. And finally, um, your relationship. Get the help. Surround yourselves with people. I like the idea of you guys meeting with, with a third party, uh, an objective third party. That's on your side, of course. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got the judge in your pocket, but for their good. So it's not like mommy and daddy are so bad and so mean. And so this is like, oh, wow, this is really adult. And the young ones can learn from it, too. We had the wonderful experience of um, one of our kids going to a Japan trip, and when she came back, she was different. She was changed, and he said, Let, "Let's see how how long it lasts, because maybe she misses us for for six weeks." Um, but I I asked her, well, "Your change? What's the change?" And she's like, "Well." 
all the things and all the rules and all the things. Blah, 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 blah. I thought it was you guys that mm -hmm. you were not fun, that you were very straight, that rigid, rigid, that you didn't understand us. When she went to another culture and saw that it was not us. Well, not just any culture, but Oof. Japan is rigid. Oof. She realized, oh, what my mom keeps saying, it's true. Because I keep telling them, um, we're not from this world. We're not following this world. Mm -hmm. One of the things that affected us the most as parents was Disney Channel. Mm -hmm. If you see Disney Channel, Disney movies, first in Disney movies, a parent dies the first five minutes. Or is missing. Mm -hmm. Or is missing. Um, Except from Bambi on. Then if you watch all those um, programs, parents are stupid. Fathers are idiots. Especially the father. Yeah, well, well, I don't know what to do. Let's go ask your mom. <laughs> oh, and, and that's not just Disney. That's Nickelodeon. It's the whole well, Adult movies, yeah. all of Hollywood, yeah. and when fathers are strong, they're rigid yeah. and strict. Not so and my father doesn't understand me because he's just consumed with his. You know, there's never a balance, never a balance, or hardly ever a balance. Um, their friends um, thought we were the coolest parents ever, mm -hmm. and. They were like, because you don't know them, because you don't live mm -hmm. with them. And um, they will yeah. complain about the rules because my daughter told me, we'll complain about the rules. And one of the girls says, my mom never cares about me. I wish I had rules in my house because that means that she will be in the house. And there was another one that parents were working, working, working. And... Because of the safety rule, I will never leave them by themselves. They will go to Comic-Con in Dallas, and we will be there. <laughs> we will be there. In um, the car. Well, maybe working around, walking around. Well, walking around, car. having dinner. The time that they wanted to go to the mall by themselves, the I said, oh, okay. I just dropped them off. I parked the car, and I was, I was not following them, but I was sitting reading in a bench. And I can see where they were going, all, all that they were doing. I followed them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Far away, but... Yeah. So for our kids, that was frigid. For their friends, it was like, my mom never does anything with me. My dad is not at home. I barely see him. And when I see him, he's tired and he's like... And and your mom and your dad, they just, we were in the coming, coming to 2.30 in the morning. So what environment did did you all grow up in? Was it? Well, my parents were, were not Christians. No, no. And um, my mom was, she hit us for everything. One time I was laughing and she just slapped me because I was laughing. Hmm. Um... I cannot say that she was abusive, but I can say that I lived in a house where I just learned not to talk, not to do anything, because if I if I just break the rules, there was going to be a spanking of consequence. Um, his experience was all the contrary. His mom was in his house, and they were... She's a homemaker. She's a believer, not a strong believer, um, basically because the churches she'd go to were not very... Uh, there's not a lot of discipleship or teaching, mm -hmm. but she's a good woman and very humble and um, and uh, affectionate. And so I learned that from her. And dad, hard worker, he wasn't perfect father, but worked like a dog mm -hmm. overtime all the time. And blue collar worker, factory jobs, but worked ten to twelve hours a day. Worked half a day Saturdays, and then uh, got home, had lunch, and worked at the house and. Work, work, work till he fell asleep, you know. Retired when he was 70 because he loved working. In his family, there were um, six or seven aunts and uncles. They were married till the end. In my side of the family, I had 12 uncles from both sides married to the end, um, even though they're not Christians. So we, we have that value of, of marriage, of family, very strong. 
and um, then I think it was the times because I don't know about you all but when we were growing up in the 80s he's in the 70s um, we respect our parents mm -hmm. we did the, what we were told we we worked I was 16 and I was working mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah um, of course, I had to. My mother was. My parents divorced when I was very young, and my mother latched onto that feminist movement in the '60s. So that was her thing. And mm. It was all consuming. That was everything she thought and did. And I was the enemy in her house, and so that uh, that made for a lot of tension. Mm during uh, when I was growing up. Um, she's since uh, uh, picked up faith and the relationship with God and realizes that that, that movement wasn't, uh, wasn't what it said it was and that it, that it was very destructive. And I can't tell by my mom being the way she was. But that didn't change how I was raised. I never had boyfriends until I was like 17 because and I never went out and do anything until I got married because I, I, I couldn't think about hurting her or doing something that she was going to hurt me <laughs> so yeah um, and uh, it worked out we have our, our family and um, there were a lot of things that I didn't want to do but there I met Jesus and then I met him. And when I married, I was a new person. So I knew my first mission were gonna be my children. So all the time, and, and he, he was, when we were writing this, he said, I remember we giving our children back to God, oh, like yeah. Abram did. Mm -hmm. Oh man. This is your son, your daughter. Lots of times in your lives. And crying about it. Yeah. You're literally telling the Lord, they don't belong to me, they belong to you. Mm -hmm. And you do what you want. And I even verbalized and said, if you need to take one. I don't know how many times I've thought about taking one of them and dropping them off at God's doorstep and saying, that's yours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. But, but we're, talking about a, uh, we're talking about a spiritual we're saying everything I have is. I know I've been there. You have to, uh, and 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 um, and at what point do you just cut it off and say, "Look, I'm done with you. It's your turn." Well, well, well you don't ever, dude. You're family forever. Sometimes you have to. Uh, we're talking about two things. There's a difference between I'm done with you because you have a bad attitude and you're not. I'm talking about even when he was arrested. Or no, I'm she, talking about they break the contracts. You have an agreement. Oh. They know what's expected. They refuse to, okay. to honor it. Yeah. At some point, you have to... Give a deadline. A deadline. Yeah. You have to enforce the contract. You but but what we're talking about is you're doing it in a spirit of love and sure. teaching them that this is real life. When you don't pay the bank... They take your house away. You know, when you don't show up at work, you lose your job, etc. This and is I life. Stressing, this was your choice. Yeah. This yeah. isn't something I'm doing yeah. to you. No. You know, you made the choices, so you are choosing to not live here anymore. I have to teach that whatever. to the eight-year-olds when I have to tell them why you don't have recess. And I tell the class, I'm not taking away your recess. The deal was this. You had to do, you you want something, <laughs> I want something. You want it recess, I wanted you to finish the work. What we'll do is you can take it to recess, and if you finish it there, you're going to have a little free time. And I'm going to... And sometimes then they don't, and they have to. And I want to say, as a dad, I want to say, I'll just put it down and go play. Right. Mm -hmm. you need to but I can't, play. and you can't. And we can't. And and I just want to close because if you want to go to another place, yeah. it, this is the time. Um, we found out through all these years that when the enemy cannot hurt you because you're so connected to God, 
is going to try to hurt you through the things that you love the most. Just to take your joy, just to take your peace, just to take your your focus on God and put it on this. So when you have this kind of things and crisis, just focus on God and God will will work. I have a book for you guys, for you because you have an older um, you never stop being a parent, thriving in a relationship with your adult children. Um, if you want to take a picture of that, and that way you don't have to. When does it, I have an older one. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a good book. He's a pastor. He, in fact, he turns 21 this month. Woo-hoo! And he's living in the barracks. Yeah. it's He's got half a dozen kids. And my only requirement with him is get a ride back home. <laughs> the, um, they're going to go out. The last two books I put, I recommend Battlefield of the Mind from Joyce Myers. It's a very simple book. She's got like 30 books. It's a very simple book because it touches about this family things. Why you have maybe a problem with the meetings and why. I mean, in very practical, biblical, common sense ways. I'm going to try to read it every couple of years. That's how much I liked it, Mm. that book. The other one is shadow boxing. That's a little deeper. That goes with uh, um, uh, Pastor Wayne here. Really knows the the author, Doctor Henry Malone. We've been to seminars. I don't agree a hundred percent with everything, but there's darkness at home that we need to take care of. Mm-hmm. And in a nutshell, get rid of movies and books and anything that doesn't glorify God. Just get rid of it. Symbols, whatever you got. Clean the house out. Pray for your house. And it's not magic at all, but. It's based like in an Old Testament. You're dedicating everything you have to the Lord. And if it's not of the Lord, get rid of it. Keep it clean is the best you can.